0: Welcome to Weight Loss And, where we delve into the world of weight loss. I'm Jim Hill.
1: And I'm Holly Wyatt. We're both dedicated to helping you lose weight, keep it off, and living your best life while you're doing it.
0: Indeed. We now realize successful weight loss combines the science and art of medicine, knowing what to do and why you will do it.
1: Yes, the and allows us to talk about all the other stuff that makes your journey so much bigger, better, and exciting.
0: Ready for the and factor? Let's dive in. Here we go. Welcome to Weight loss and Holly, we've been getting a lot of questions from people that want to know how do I know if I should lose weight or not? So I thought we maybe talk a little bit about how do, how do you assess your weight status? How do you know if weight loss would be good for you?
1: Yeah, how do you measure? Basically, your body weight or your body state, And uh, you know, I get lots of questions. Should, what, what should I be using? How do I know if I need to lose a little bit of weight? Yeah, great question. Kind of a basic question, but a lot of people, I think, have that.
0: So probably we should start by talking about the body mass index or BMI. Now, BMI is something that's been used in this field for a long, long time. You want to tell us a little bit about how people can measure their BMI and what it might tell you about your need to lose weight?
1: Yeah, so the way we measure someone's body state in a medical setting is with body mass index or BMI. There's calculators out there, so it's a calculated number. It's based on your weight and height. So you can go out there, just put in BMI, there's a ton of calculators, put in your weight, put in your height, and it will give you back a number, and that is your body mass index. And it's how the medical profession um, evaluates whether your weight is at a level that you could consider weight loss, that you're at a risk, that there may make sense from a medical standpoint that losing some weight could be beneficial. Um, so there's numbers, and everybody gets that number. And based on your number, then we will either put you in a category, an obese category, an overweight category, or a healthy weight category. The numbers that we use, there's lots of different numbers, but the two big ones that I like to remember is if your body mass index is 25 or greater, you're in the overweight category. If your BMI gets to 30, though, 30 or greater, that's when we put you in the obese category, which simply means a little bit more aggressive treatment. There's a little bit more reason, a little bit more risk. The higher the body mass index, usually the higher the risk that your body weight or your body state is having a negative impact on your health. And therefore, from a medical standpoint, weight loss is indicated. You, we need to, to at least think about our weight and potentially lose some weight.
0: So maybe like a green, yellow, and red category. So if your BMI is 30 or above, then probably you would benefit from weight loss, okay? If you're in that yellow category, which is above 25 and less than 30, it's iffy. And and one of the things that may help there is whether you have other things going on, like high blood pressure, or elevated cholesterol, or diabetes, or prediabetes, that might indicate it may be a little bit more useful for you to lose weight uh, compared to someone that's in that category with none of those sort of what we call other conditions.
1: Right. So if you already have a medical condition like diabetes or high blood pressure, heart disease, high cholesterol, sleep apnea, there's a lot of them. If you already have one of those, then you're already at risk. And we want to even be a little bit more aggressive in terms of saying that losing some weight could be helpful. Therefore, even in that kind of yellow zone, like you were talking about that BMI 25 to 30, weight loss definitely should be considered with your physician because it really may help treat some of those conditions that you already have. You know, when you get to BMI of 30, sometimes we're even just about preventing, treating and prevention. But at BMI of 25 to 30, if you already have one of those, we're wanting to, we can treat it. We can make it better with the weight loss. But I always get the feedback, and this is, I think, something we need to discuss, is BMI really a good tool Um, does it really say, you know, does it really helpful? Is there some individuals where BMI isn't going to be very
0: helpful? Yeah, Holly, you always get the people that come in and say, well, my BMI is high because I have a lot of muscle, right?
1: Absolutely. That is exactly. And, you know, it may be somebody who was an athlete when they were younger. Now they're, it's 30 years past that, you know, when they were, were an athlete working out, but they say there's a lot of muscle under this little bit of layer of fat. And so the weight, when you get your weight, Just measuring your weight doesn't distinguish between fat and muscle. You could have a high weight on the scale and it could be all muscle or a large percentage muscle. Is there any
0: way to tell the difference between a high BMI that's too much muscle and a high BMI that's too much fat?
1: That is where waist circumference comes Ah, in. Ah,
0: waist circumference.
1: What I love to do. So if I have someone sitting in my office and they're saying, you know, "This this is muscle and they're convinced it's muscle, then the easy thing is not for me to say it's not. I don't even really have to measure it. I can simply say, well, let's just look at your waist circumference because if your waist circumference is large... I can pretty much guarantee you got some extra body fat. You don't put muscle on in your waist. So if your waist is small, then you might be correct. You might be correct that the increased weight we see on the scale is muscle. But if your waist is big, the increased weight we see on the scale, at least a good part of it, is probably body fat, which is really what we're trying to measure.
0: How do people measure their waist circumference?
1: Yeah, so just a tape measure. I actually use a ribbon. I like people when they go home, sometimes I send them home with a ribbon because this is something they can do pretty easily. Um, I like, there's a couple different methods, but to me, it's about measuring it the same way each time. So if you kind of push on the high part of your hip bone, we call that the iliac crest, but the high part of your hip bone on both sides, you can kind of feel that bony landmark. It's not going anywhere, even when you lose weight. You know, some people say, let's me- measure it at the belly button, but the belly button can move. If you lose some weight, the belly button can kind of shift around uh, so you Find that top of that hip bone over there on both sides, put the ribbon around, cut it. Then you can measure it with a a measuring tape. And then you kind of have this ribbon that you can go around with and actually see if it it changes um, over time.
0: In some ways, Holly, if it's not easy to measure your waist circumference, you probably have have too much fat. The people that have too much muscle, it's not going to be that hard to get a waist circumference.
1: That's true. And we have some numbers Um, there.
0: Oh, what are the numbers? So
1: unlike BMI, the same number for men and women, right? We use the 25 for overweight and the 30 for obese. Same for men. When you're
0: calculating your BMI, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman.
1: Right. It's really simple.
0: Before we get into waste, I actually pulled up the calculator. National Institute of Health has a good one. You can Google uh, BMI calculator. And so I'll give people an example so you know you're on the right track. If you're 5 feet and 10 inches tall and weigh 200 pounds, your BMI would be 28.7. So if you're calculating your BMI, it's probably going to be a number in the 20s or higher. If it's slower than 20, uh, you probably aren't listening to this podcast because you certainly don't have a problem with excess weight, but your number is going to be 20 or higher. And again, those categories, 25 less than 30 is that yellow range where some weight loss is going to help, particularly if you have other conditions. But if you're in that range, you want to keep from getting in the 30 range. And it's thirty and above,
1: and I love waist circumference in that range too, right?
0: Right. So a BMI of uh, again twenty eight with a with a high waist circumference is a little bit more concerning than a BMI of twenty eight with a lower. Yes. Okay. And if you're 30 or above, then weight loss would probably be helpful for you. So now let's give them the numbers on waist circumference.
1: Holly. Yeah. So there's two different numbers, one for women, one for men. If uh, for women, if your waist circumference is 35 inches or greater, then you're potentially at a higher risk. That kind of says, I got some extra body fat and I've got it in a central distribution. And we should talk about that in a minute. For a man, though, it's 40 inches. So there's two different for that. So 35 for female, 40 for a male in terms of when we start to use that as a red flag, concern that there may be too much
0: body fat. So if I uh, went in and found that my body mass index, for example, was 27, but my waist circumference was 35, I wouldn't be as concerned because it suggests I might not have extra fat. I might have some extra muscle.
1: As a man, yes.
0: As a female, that same number in a female would be different because men and women put on fat differently. And in general, women have more body fat. There's probably a lot of reasons for that or a higher percentage of body fat.
1: Higher total percentage of body fat. But once again, it's that we've kind of looked at these numbers and we see when the risk starts to go up. There's good data. We have, We didn't really talk about that. Why do we use body mass index you know, if it could be off, but we have such good data in the field to show when you get to a BMI of 30, your risk of diabetes goes up, your risk of this goes up. We have a lot of data to kind of gauge our risk on. And that's one of the reasons I think we use it.
0: What we're concerned about is people that have too much body fat, but it's not easy to measure body fat. And most people at home can't do it very accurately. And BMI, it's a good substitute. So BMI doesn't measure fat directly. But we know that it's correlated with having extra fat. So it's not perfect, but it's the best instrument we have for people to sort of figure out if if they need to lose weight or not. And again, when it's combined with waist circumference, it's a pretty good measure of if your BMI is low and your waist circumference is low, you can feel pretty good. It's not 100%, but it can feel pretty good that you probably don't need to lose weight. But if your BMI is high and your waist circumference is high, weight loss would probably help you health-wise.
1: I, I agree with that. And I think for the majority of people, even though BMI kind of gets a bad rap for the majority, I'd say 95% of my patients BMI is is spot on. It 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 is, you know, there's a few, you always want to, if you're extremely uh, short or extremely tall, or you have a lot of edema, which is fluid, you know, you're, you retain a lot of water um, or you're very muscular. You really are a bodybuilder. BMI may not be for the majority of people. When, especially when you put it with the waist circumference, it's easy and it does really get at what we want is health risk.
0: You know, I'm waiting for the, um, the little scanner that they have on Star Trek where you just scan somebody and the amount of body fat comes up automatically. Uh, you know, I, it, we might not be too far away from that, but right now... We don't have a good way of doing that. And probably the best way if you're listening to this and you're wondering if you should lose weight is measure your BMI and measure your waist circumference. And those two things together can give you a pretty good indication of whether weight loss would, would improve your health or not.
1: And they're easy and they're easy and you can do them multiple times and there's not risk and it doesn't cost a lot. So there's, there's so many good things. I like to think about it as the BMI has, lets me question, do potentially, do I have too much body fat, right? It's, it's a, it's a surrogate, like you said, it's correlated. Do I have too much body fat? And then you add in the waste and it says, am I carrying that body fat in a place that may be worse for me, right? Around the central, that visceral fat.
0: So you, you talked about that earlier, you alluded to that earlier, that where the fat is might be important.
1: Yeah, it's not just how much, it's how much and where you carry it. Too much body fat in general is at risk. But especially if you carry it around that central section around your waist, we know that that type of fat tends to lend itself to developing diabetes and heart disease and a lot of the comorbidities or a lot of the diseases that are associated. That fat tends to be a little different and we can pick it up by a big waist circumference, by a large waist
0: circumference. And in general... Uh, it's more the male pattern to put on uh, a lot of fat around the middle. And oftentimes for females, they'll have a lot of lower body fat. And lower body fat is probably not as negative health-wise. But again, uh, it makes a difference in how you look and how you feel. And so just because you don't have central fat doesn't mean weight loss wouldn't be a good thing for you.
1: Absolutely, I mean, for and I'm opposite. I I carry mine in my in my way. So not everybody, you know, we say that in general. We talk about apples. Men tend to be more apples, and women tend to be more pear shaped. But then you look at me, I definitely, I gain weight. There are
0: exceptions to I'm it. an apple.
1: And then even going through menopause, women become more like an apple. So
0: there's a podcast in itself of what happens around menopause. Boy, the hormones, uh, the, the hormones change and it can really change. Uh, we got we to do
1: another one on that. That's a whole, a whole nother thing. Everybody always says, what, you know, what about what's going on with the, that those hormones? So Jim though, what about the devices that are out there at some of the gyms or some of the the health food stores where you can measure body fat or even some of the scales you personally can buy can give you a percent body fat or even give you total pounds of body fat. Why not use that instead of BMI and waist circumference?
0: Yeah, there are a lot of those out there and I wouldn't say don't use them, but they're a little bit less accurate and highly variable. So, what these things do, Holly, is they run a small current through your body and because fat and muscle conduct electricity differently they can actually have a algorithm to sort of estimate how much your body is fat and how much is uh, non-fat or fat free mass the problem is they're affected by so many things like hydration time of day etc if you use it just do a double check with bmi and waist circumference i would be a little uncomfortable if the scale says sh- uh, you have low body fat, but your BMI and waist circumference are high. And then the second thing is we really don't have measures. So you you get on the scale and it says you're 25% body fat. Was well, that good? Is it bad? What should it be? We don't have good standards such as we do with BMI. So those scales might be useful if you're losing weight, for example, to watch how things change and improve. But right now I would feel uh, a little better... Looking at BMI and waist circumference as a answer to the question of should I think about losing weight?
1: Well, I definitely think BMI and waist circumference help us assess risk better than percent body fat because we just don't have that same data. I also, though, don't I personally don't really like them to looking at changes over time because that's when hydration and you status, so many things can really make it go up and down that isn't related, and we and and, and so you have to be careful. I've had people get really disappointed. Because that they're following that and, you know, their hydration status is changing. They're weighing at different times. And it's just not as accurate as to me, sometimes just the scale.
0: You and I are planning another episode on setting goals and a time course on weight loss. But one of the things is when you're looking at your success in weight or fat or whatever, don't look at one or two points because it isn't linear. So if you were to plot your weight each day that you're on a weight loss program, it wouldn't be a straight line down. It would be all over the map. And so don't look at one or two things. You have to look at the long-term pattern. And again, we're going to go at another episode in deep dive on looking at patterns of weight loss and time course and setting goals, et cetera.
1: Yeah, that, I think that's a, that's a great point. So for this, in terms of just kind of assessing, should I lose weight, you know, kind of summing it up, I do think BMI, waist circumference, and there's one more thing or actually two more things that I use. The other though is, to me is, are you gaining weight? I like to see which direction are you going? So BMI says potentially too much fat. Waist circumference, too much fat in a position in a place in my body that may be negative. And then the third is, am I gaining weight? Because, ooh, if you're gaining weight, I would love to intervene and perhaps at least stop that gain or maybe produce a little bit of weight loss before you get to a BMI of 30 or 40, right? Can we
0: intervene early? Well, that's a great point. I think we know that a lot of the US population is in a weight gain scenario, gaining a little bit of weight each year. And one measure of success would be stopping that. And so at some level, if you weigh the same next year that you you weigh right now, that's success at one level. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't try to lose weight, but maybe as a first step, make sure you aren't gaining weight.
1: Yeah. So I like to look at that. Those are the three things I do. BMI, waist circumference. Am I gaining weight from year to year, month to month? What's my path? Which which direction am I facing? And then the last thing that I think is just as important as these three. I mean, the, the three things we just talked about have a lot of science behind them. But how do you feel? You know, your body state, this is how you, your, your body is how you interact. You know, you live your life. It impacts your experiences. And so bringing in, yes, my numbers from a science standpoint, from a health standpoint, look like this. But also, how do I feel? Do I, am I feeling good? Or, you know, can I reach down and tie my shoes? Can I interact and move about and go hiking? Or is my weight at a place that interfering with what I want to do and how I feel?
0: That's a good point. Because at the end of the day, the reason you want to lose weight is you feel better. Yes, sure. Your metabolic profile may improve, but at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of the reason people want to lose weight is they feel better after they've lost weight. So that's important.
1: Doctors want to say you should lose weight, and let me tell you why you should lose weight. Your BMI is this. You're at risk for diabetes. Your waist circumference is big. And I, I agree. Let's let's we should be educated. We need to know that. But ultimately it's going to be a how you want to feel and live your life. So, just asking yourself that, i think is just as important, equally as important as calculating that body mass index.
0: Cool. Well, we've given folks some practical tips and uh, the tips are measure your bmi, go online, there are lots of ways to do that, measure your waist circumferences, assess whether you're gaining weight or not, and then how do you feel? If you feel great and you're in that overweight category maybe you're okay maybe now's the not the time to do it but if you say you know i i really can't do the things i want to do maybe weight loss might be helpful
1: yeah i think you got to put it all together once again it isn't simple it isn't a yes no it's an and
0: weight loss and the and is the interesting stuff
1: always always well
0: great holly thanks and uh thanks to all of you out there continue to give us your questions we want to know what you want to know about this topic. And we will do our best to address that. So until next time, um, this is Weight Loss And.
1: See y'all. Bye.
0: And that's a wrap for today's episode of Weight Loss And. We hope you enjoy diving into the world of weight loss with us. If
1: you want to stay connected and continue exploring the ands of weight loss, be sure to follow our podcast on your favorite platform,
0: We'd also love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, questions, or topic suggestions by reaching out at weightlossand.com. Your feedback helps us tailor future episodes to your needs.
1: And remember, the journey doesn't end here. Keep applying the knowledge and strategies you've learned and embrace the power of the and in your own weight loss journey.